to welcome you all to our 11 a.m. service. I am Nick. I'm a pastor on staff here at BT Church. I have the awesome honor and privilege to share with you this morning from God's Word. I want to welcome all of our first-timers in worship this morning. If this is your first time in worship in the room or online, we want to welcome you. And BT family, let's, let's give our VIPs some love. Amen. We're so glad. Do me a favor. Let me let me preach from this handheld because it's going to be on my mind. And uh, Amen. This church, this ain't a production, so I'm going to just, we're going to be all right. Y'all good? All right. Yeah, you know, as a communicator, I'm just... Behind the curtain. Some people, why do you do this? Because y'all love behind the scenes stuff. Y'all get the DVD with the extra behind the scenes footage. Right? You know, when you're communicating something, you want to have all of your mind on something. And uh, I believe that when communicating the gospel, we are communicating the most important message of all. Right? And so I just want to be my number one top self and a mic going in and out is not going to help me do that. So, amen. We've been dealing with some things, just so you know. But God is faithful. Amen? All right. Well, we are continuing our series called Next is Now. And this is a series that uh, when you look at our bumper video as we have seen all of the beautiful, beautiful, I'm going to say vintage, I won't say old, <laughs> the beautiful vintage photos of our church in the past. Everybody wearing suits in church and everything like that. Well, we are here today because of the past faithfulness of those brothers and sisters. And so we honor, we honor our past and we celebrate what God has done. But our church is also in a very new season and we want to know what's next, God. What will you have us to do next? Uh, where are you moving next? And so uh, that's why we're preaching this series, uh, because if, if it's like that with us corporately, uh, we believe that there are many of you uh, out there and online that, that have asked that same question, what's next? All of us have been through seasons of uncertainty and doubt and excitement and anticipation. And we have all asked ourselves that question. We've asked God that question. What's next? Well, we believe that the goal and the key of finding out what's next is to trust God right now. The key to experiencing what God has next for us is to trust God faithfully right now. So that's why we call this series Next is Now, and we've been looking at the book of Joshua as we've preached through this series. Last week, we talked about conquering change, and this week, we're going to talk about how to move from broken to blessed, because here's what we believe. We believe that God is not far from anybody. God is not far from you. You may feel far from God, 
but God is not far from you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been doing, how long you've been doing it, or who you've been doing it with. If you trust Jesus Christ, God knows how to move us from being broken to being blessed. Amen? And so we're going to look at a popular woman in the scriptures. This woman is, is very popular. She's popular in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And so I'm going to ask that you would draw your attention to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. When you have it, say, I got it. All right, it reads like this. Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two men as spies from the Acacia Grove, saying, Go and scout the land, especially Jericho. So they left, and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, for they came to investigate the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I didn't know where they were from. At nightfall, when the city gate was about to close, the men went out, and I don't know where they were going. Chased after them quickly, and you can catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them among the stalks of flax that she had arranged on the roof. The men pursued them along the road to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as they left to pursue them, the city gate was shut. Verse 8. Before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. The men answered her, we will give our lives for yours if you don't report our mission. We will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then she let them down by a rope through the window since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you, she said to them. Hide there for three days. Until they return. Afterward, go on your way. The men said to her, We will be free from this oath you made us swear, unless when we enter the land you tie this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. If anyone goes out of the doors of your house, his death will be his own fault and we will be innocent. But if anyone with you 
in the house should be harmed. His death will be our fault. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you through singing and giving and taking part in the Lord's Supper. Now, Father, we prepare to worship you through the hearing and preaching of your word. It's my prayer for the next few minutes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let your word be clearly communicated. Let Jesus Christ be highly exalted. Let your people be beautifully blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Broken to blessed. You know, when we, when we say things like going from broken to blessed, they, there may be some in the room that say, you know what? This is probably going to be a good message, but this is not a message for me because I am not broken. All my bills paid on time. I got all my teeth in my mouth. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not broken. But the truth of the matter is this. All of us, if we are not walking with God, we will lean in more and more into our brokenness. The truth of the matter is, if we are not living out God's best for our lives, then we are, by default, living out more and more of our brokenness. And when we talk about next is now, when we when we, when we preach about that anticipation and that excitement about what's next, many of us, we believe that God's hold, God holds our tomorrows in his hands, but, but that's, not the, that's not the ultimate question, that, that does God hold our tomorrow in his hands. The, the question is, am I placing my heart in his hands today? That is... That is the important question. And as we look at this powerful story, this powerful account, this very, very precious scene in the life of Rahab, we see how God moved her from being broken to being blessed. Joshua sends out two spies to Jericho. And these spies reach the house, and I didn't make this up, right? This, this is not Pastor Nick's words. These are the words of the Lord because I believe God wants us to know. It says, they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab. This speaks to the condition of her life. She was a sinner. She was a prostitute. And I don't know about you, but I do know that the people in Jericho, they didn't treat her like she was a child of God. They didn't treat her like she was a daughter of the Most High God. They treated her like an object. Now, I don't care what you say, and I know we live in a world where, you know, the sexual revolution is on steroids. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. If you're treated like an object long enough, you're going to be broken. And so Rahab moves from broken to blessed, as we'll see as we look at 
chapter 2, she moves from broken to blessed because as the word of God and what he did in the lives of his people, as it spread, something began to happen in her heart. Something began to spread in her heart. Faith began to rise in her heart. And, and Rahab does some very specific actions that we want to talk about today. And it's right here in the text. If we're going to move from broken to being blessed, we've got to be like Rahab. And, and look at the text. Rahab possessed the right view of God. Rahab possessed the right view of God. As these, as these verses unfold, we see Rahab begin to place her trust more and more on God and less and less on herself. How do you know this? Because by the time we get to the end of chapter 2, Rahab's life is totally in the hands of other people. It's out of her hands. It's out of her hands. How do we know that Rahab possessed the right view of God? Look, look at what Rahab said in verse 10. She said, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings. She said, we heard about what God is doing in and through your life. And Rahab says, you know what? Everybody in this city is panicking. But how do we know that Rahab possessed the right view of God? I'm so glad y'all asked at 11 a.m. Because Rahab is not just responding out of panic and fear. Rahab is responding out of faith and expectation. And this is so powerful. As we have the right view of God, understand this, as we have the right view of God, surely, yes, we're going to respect and we're going to fear and we're going to reverence him. But the more you walk with God, the more faith and expectation should leap up in our hearts. Are y'all hearing me? See, the city, they were scared of the spies. But we see now that Rahab had a right view of God. She had a reverential fear of God, and she had a faith in God that led to anticipation and expectation. Rahab, she says, I've seen what God has been doing in the life of his people. And I know, and she says this, she says, I know that the Lord your God is God of heaven and God of earth. And let me give you the Cliff Notes version of what that means. That means this, that if God is the God of heaven and the God of earth, that means he has all bases covered. This is the right view of God that we are to have if we're going to move from broken to blessed. We've got to understand that God has all bases covered. Amen. Now, I know we say that cognitively, but do we live like God has all bases covered. <laughs> Rahab says that I know that the Lord your God is God of heaven and earth. When we possess the right view of God and we trust God with our now, that same God can get us through to our next. And Rahab, she moves with the faith and she moves with an understanding and she moves with reverence for God and 
faith and anticipation for God. And notice this, when we have the right view of God, that means this, that there are going to be times, often, a lot of times, when God will challenge our loyalties. Because if God is God and he is, that means that he's in control and he will call us to live a life on his standards, not ours. And if there's a time to where God's standard and my standard don't match, I should not lower God's standards to meet mine. I need to raise my standard up to match his. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. You can clap for that. Don't be scared to clap in church. It's all right. Rahab has the right view of God. She sees that God is working. How do we know that she has the right view of God? She understands that God is not just a, a lucky rabbit's foot that you pull out every time you need him. No, she knows that God is not a distant deity who is uninvolved in the life of his people. No, she sees through what God did for the children of Israel by bringing them out of Egypt. She sees that God is actively and intimately involved in the lives of his people. And guess what? God is actively and intimately involved in your life as well. I don't believe that you are here by accident. I don't believe that you are here by coincidence. I believe that God wanted you here this morning to listen to this beautiful black preacher tell you that you can move from broken to blessed if you trust Jesus. But because Rahab has the right view of God, notice this. Rahab is then able to profess the right loyalty to God. Because she had the right view of God, she is able to profess the right loyalty. Look at it with me. I'm not making it up. Look at it. She says, now please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, and sisters, all and all who belong to them to save us from death. The men answered her, we will give our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land. You, you, you see where Rahab loyalty lies right here? She is not loyal to her Jericho crew. She's not acting like she's from Jericho. You see, she's more loyal with the people of God right here. And this is, as we have the, this, this, is, this is key right here. Because in moving from broken to blessed, God has to get in our business and meddle with our relationship. I'm going to say it to this side first. <laughs> when we have a right view of God. It challenges all of our loyalty, including our relationships. And many times, many of us, we say with our mouths that we want to go from broken to blessed, but we stay too long being loyal in broken relationships. Oh, man. Now, I know the 11 o'clock crowd, y'all, you know. Y'all stay up a little later on Saturday night, so y'all get here on. No judgment, you're here. 
But, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Every, every relationship, every relationship that you've ever experienced in your life has not led you to God's best. Amen. There, there are some relationships that we get in that actually drain us and take us back. And, and here's the dangerous part about it. We actually be comfortable. We actually get comfortable. And sometimes we, we enjoy the comfort of a broken relationship more than we do the reality of a blessed relationship. <laughs> Amen. Notice this. I'm not saying leaving broken relationships behind is easy. I'm not saying that. As we have the right view of God and many of us lean into our brokenness, the, the, the people, you know, Pastor Chris preach about it all the time. People cohabitating. I understand that. But that relationship, a, a, a relationship that is marked by cohabitation and not covenant, guess what? That's not God's best. And I, I imagine, I know that that's hard to leave behind. A same-sex relationship, that is not God's best. Amen. The hookup culture and getting together to hang and chill and having all the numbers in your phone and for the fellas that 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 just, you know, holler at ladies and 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 every different week it's a different woman in your bed. That's not God's bed. Y'all, 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 are we all right? That is not God's best. And, and hear me, hear me. It's not that God can't bless you, but he won't. Because God does not want us leaning more into our broken relationships than we do our blessed relationships with him. Rahab, notice her condition. She is a prostitute. And in those days, if you were a good prostitute, you ran an inn. So Rahab is a good prostitute. And let your sanctified imagination do what, it, do what it does on that. She's a good prostitute. How do you know? Because it's her house. She runs that inn. Her house, her name is known by the king. So that tells me that business is good. Let your sanctified imagination run with it. Business is good. She's known by the king. But in the eyes of the people in Jericho, guess what? She's just a prostitute. But in God's eyes, on the other side of her brokenness, when she leans in to what God has for her, when she pledges her loyalty and professes her loyalty to God, guess what God has for her? God says, you know what? I want you to be David's grandmother. And hear me, I would rather be David's grandmother in a blessed relationship than to be a popular prostitute in Jericho. Sometimes as God begins to lead us into what's next, 
our relationships that we used to have, they get less sticky. And, and, and don't you know how people say they, they say if you get a promotion or, or if you start to, you know, go to school or if you start to walk in faithfulness and get your head on your shoulders. People will look and they say, oh, you acting funny. You acting different. You, you done changed on me. And you say, you, ding, 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 tell them what they want. Exactly. I have changed. Healthy things should change and grow. Amen. God is the only person in the universe that is perfect and does not change. And that means that if we aren't him, we need to be changing as well. So, yeah, I did change. I did change. My loyalty has shifted because now I'm more concerned about what God has for me than you liking me or us kicking it together or us being together. I'm more concerned about what God has for me than the comfort that I have in this broken relationship. And hear me, I'm not saying that leaving broken relationships is easy. I'm just saying it's possible. When God calls us to profess our loyalty to him, Jesus said that many times it's going to look like hate to the people that we're leaving behind. Uh-oh. See, we talk about going from broken to blessed. The blessed is the good part, right? We get excited about the blessed part. I, lo- I want to be blessed. If we say who wants to be blessed, Everybody's hands would go up. And if God said, all right, if you want to be blessed, show me your relationships, and, and I'm going to tell you the ones I want you to leave. And then some of us will put our hands up halfway. Rahab professed the right loyalty to God. She sees that God is a gracious and merciful God. She sees that God is faithful to perform his word for his people. And she understands that The God who created her does not see her as an object, but he sees her as his precious daughter. So much so that when we read about Rahab in the New Testament, when you read about Rahab in the New Testament, it does not dwell on the fact that she was a prostitute. When we read about Rahab in the New Testament, it dwells on the fact that she's in the hall of faith, that by faith she hid the spies. Are you hearing me? When we read about Rahab in the New Testament, we see that she's in the line of Jesus Christ. And how is she in the line of Jesus Christ? Because remember what I said, I don't care who you are, God is not far from you. You may feel far from God, but God is not far from you. When you trust him with your now. He'll lead you into what's next. Amen. I got one more if you're up for it. All right. Not only did Rahab possess the right view of God, and not only did she profess the right loyalty, but Rahab pursued the right plan. I'm not making it up. Look at it. Look at it with me. Verse 15. Then she let them down by a rope through the window since she lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you, she said to them. Hide there for three days until they return. Afterward, 
Go on your way. The men said to her, we will be free from this oath you made us swear unless when we enter the land, you tie this scarlet cord to the window through which you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. If anyone goes out the doors of your house, his death will be his own fault. and We will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault. Rahab pursued the right plan. And, and, and what we see is this. Rahab decided that she would take her right view of God and her right loyalty with God and put it into action. James says that faith without works is what? Dead. Yeah. And so Rahab puts her faith in the action by pursuing the right plan. Now, now here's what I, here's what I want to give us. Number one, Rahab pursues the plan at hand. I'm not just trying to be cute with words. Why did you say it like that, Pastor Nick? This is why I'm saying that. Because many times we say, God, if you would just fill in the blank, then I would do blank. God, if you would just... Give me blank, then for you I will do blank. Are y'all with me? Obedience always begins with what we have. Are you with me? When we're moving from broken to blessed, a lot of times we need to give God what we have in our hand. Let's open this up because y'all. God is not asking us to give him what he won't supply to us, what he hasn't supplied to us. Notice this. Rahab uses what she has at hand. Y'all don't believe me, but the scripture says that she hid the spies on her roof amongst the stack of flax that she had. She gathered those flax at harvest. She was most likely stacking those flax on her roof to drive them out from the harvest. And what does she do? She uses that as she pursues the right plan, uses what she had at hand. I imagine if you're a prostitute, you want to look good when you're doing what you're doing. And so you got to have some clothes. You got to have something to tie your hair up, look good. Amen. Well, what does Rahab lower the spies down the window with? A scarlet cord that she had. I don't know if it was to look good. I don't know if it was to tie up the flag. I don't know what it was for. But I do know this, that Rahab pursued the right plan with what she had at hand. God wants to move us from broken to blessed. And understand this, he uses us. In our transformation, God does not have to use us, but he wants to use us in our transformation. And God is asking us to use what we have at our hand. Some of y'all like Pastor Nick, you don't want to know what I got at my hand. Because <laughs> really, out of my brokenness, all I have at my hand is this divorce and, and this bitterness and, and these bills and these kids, <laughs> that's what I got at my hand right now. Pastor Nick, you don't want to know what I got at my hand. I, right now what I have at my hand is this anger issue and 
and this betrayal. Right now what I have at my hand is this pride. And, and look, it ain't even gotta, it ain't even gotta be a downer. Some of y'all like Pastor Nick, what I have in my hand right now is the biggest success of my life. I'm coming across. I'm coming off of a great year, and everything is rolling with me. And, and, and if following God means I have to change up how I do business, I, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Amen. And here's what I would say. Do you want to stay broken, or do you want to be blessed? Do you want to stay broken or do you want to be blessed? Because blessings, the blessings of God are experienced by us on the other side of us pursuing his plan. Are you hearing me? Rahab pursues the right plan. She pursues the plan at hand. And y'all heard me say this many times, and, and, and sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we don't do anything because we're waiting for everything to be perfect. Some of you right now want God to move you into your next and want, you want to start a business and you want, you want to be great and you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be successful. And you're like, but I don't have all the classes. I, listen, if you don't have nothing but a GED, give God all three of them letters in Jesus' name and work it. Some of you are like, oh man, I want, I want to be, I want to be out, and I want to be in ministry, but, but I, I have my children, and, and, and listen, God didn't give you those children to be a burden to you. You want to serve? Bring them to church and serve with you. Amen. Look, we had them jokers passing out flies. I don't know. I mean, we'll do something. Bring the babies. Jesus said, let the children come to me. What are you saying, Pastor Nick? I'm saying this, that we miss out on the blessings of God because we won't give God what we have in our hands right now. We won't use what God has given us. God, you know, when we talk about the tithe and, and, and people say, oh, man, I just can't tithe. But understand this, God is not asking of 10% of what you don't have. You notice that? That changed the game for me when it, when it came to me practicing the tithe. I always used to say, well, God, I don't have it. Like, after I do this and that and this, and I just don't have it. And then, then I read the word, and, and that thing hit my heart. God is not asking me for 10% of what I, I don't have. I have, I can give 10% from what I have. Are you hearing me? And when I tell you that thing has moved me and is moving me from being broken to blessed, God's word works. Amen. But not only did, not only did Rahab pursue the plan at hand, but she pursued the right plan because she pursued God's plan. She pursued God's plan. The, the spy said, Okay, this is how everybody with you is going to be saved. The same cord 
that you let us down with, you hang that cord out your window. Now, some of y'all looking at me strange, and you might be looking at me strange because you don't get it yet. The spy said the same thing that saved us is going to save you. If Rahab did not possess the right view of God, if Rahab did not profess the right loyalty to God, then Rahab would not have pursued the right plan of God. And what is the right plan of God? The right plan of God is salvation through the scarlet cord. Now, I'm not talking about the spies now. Now I'm talking about Jesus. Because the same scarlet cord that saved Rahab and the spies, guess what? That scarlet cord runs through Genesis to Revelations, and it runs through the veins of Jesus Christ. That same scarlet cord is available for you and I if we trust God's plan for salvation. So this is good news. Why? Because we are all saved the same way. Through Jesus Christ. How were the spies saved? Through a scarlet cord. How was the prostitute saved? Through a scarlet cord. This is why everybody in church that's saved, we can't turn our nose up or look down on nobody else. Because guess what? We all got saved the same way. Are you hearing me? And if you feel like you are too far from God, that's how you feel. But that's not true. Because God is not far from any of us. You may feel far from God, but God is not far from us. Are y'all with me? And if a prostitute can be saved by the cord and the spies can be saved by the cord, then guess what? I believe the scripture when it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, that Jesus is still saving and he wants to move people from being broken to being blessed. To see your next change, it begins with what you do right now. If Rahab did nothing, it meant death for her. Jericho was already under the judgment of God. According to Genesis, God had been storing up that judgment for that area for 400 years plus years. If Rahab did nothing, it meant death for her family. But God had better plans for Rahab. And God has better plans for you and I. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've been doing it or who you've been doing it with. If you give God your now, he knows how to transform your next. Amen? That's all I got. Let's give Jesus some praise, y'all. Now, how can we make this message, how can we make this message more sticky in our lives? We have next steps. And the first, the first next step is this. 
I want us all to evaluate our view of God. Evaluate your view of God. Let's evaluate our view of God. Here's what I know. God does not want us to lean more into our brokenness than we lean into our relationship with him. We have a merciful Savior. We have a compassionate Savior. We have an all-sufficient Savior. We have a powerful Savior. We have a holy Savior. And a Savior like that He meets us where we are, but he does not leave us where we are. He raises us up to his standard. So evaluate your view of God. And and what I mean by that is this. If, If in your view of God, God agrees with you all the time, that's not the God of the scriptures. And I'm going to say that if God agrees with you all the time, that's you. That's you. That ain't God. That's you. That's you and God's clothes. Notice this. The love of God does not have to agree with us to transform us. Are you hearing me? We have confused that in this day and time. In this day and time, people feel like love equals agreement. But that's not biblical love. That's not scriptural. The scripture says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Not for God so agreed with the world, because if God agreed with the world, why did he send his son? You see what I'm saying? God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Why would we perish? Why would we perish? We we perish for the lack of knowledge. We, we perish because of sin. We miss the mark. We, we perish because we don't live up to God's holy standard. We, we perish because we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. But, but here's the good news of the gospel. We don't have to perish because God sent Jesus. And if we turn and trust Jesus, we will be transformed. Here's another next step. Examine your loyalties. Examine your loyalties. Amen. Examine your loyalties. Does God get your leftovers? (laughs) As you rank the relationships in your life, is, is God like six on the list? Or is God first? And here's here's our last next step. Are you pursuing God's plan for your life? Are you pursuing God's plan for your life? Here's what we know. We know that God has big plans for you. We say this at BT, and we don't say it because it's cute. We say it because we believe it. God has big plans for you and I. But God's plans for us includes us laying down our plans for ourselves. And one of the best ways to do that, one of the best ways to determine whether or not 
you're pursuing God's plan is to filter your plans in prayer. And so in our atrium, we have a prayer wall. And what we want you to do, that prayer wall is going to be up throughout this series. What we want you to do is write your prayer request down on that prayer sheet and place it in the prayer wall. It could be any prayer request you may have. Many of you, you may have prayer for, for, for brothers or sisters or family members or loved ones who are ill. Put that on there. There may be some of us that have prayer requests about God, what's next? You're asking God, what's next? You may have a prayer request about your brokenness and, and, and that addiction and, and, or, or whatever the case may be. Write it, write it, write it, and put it in that prayer wall. Our staff is going to pray over it. But, but we aren't just going to leave those prayers there. This is what we want you to do. As you put that prayer in the prayer wall, continue to pray through it, and as you see God start to move, you're going to take that prayer request out and you're going to update it. And our prayers that we see, those prayers that were in that prayer wall, you're going to update it with a different color as we see those colors change because God's still moving. Amen? That's our step of faith that we're going to take. We're going to take all this and we're going to take it to prayer. And then finally, God's plan for all of us is to trust Jesus. God's plan for all of us is to trust Jesus. God's plan for all of us is to look more like Jesus. And so I'm going to ask that we stand to our feet. And I'm going to give us a time to respond. This first invitation is for those who say, Pastor Nick, what you said today connected with me. I, I feel far from God, but... But throughout this service, as I heard the singing and I heard the message, I, I feel far from God, but I'm, I'm starting to believe that God is not far from me, and I want to trust Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want to lead us all in a prayer. And I'm going to ask that you pray this prayer by faith. The power is not in our words. The power is in the word of the Lord that says, whoever call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever calls upon his name will be saved. So if you would like to trust Jesus, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you are ready to pledge your loyalty to Jesus this morning, to profess your loyalty to Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today confessing that I need you. I am lost and I need to be found. I am broken, and I want to be blessed. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I believe that, God, you raised him from the dead, and today I trust Jesus with my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. My life is yours forever.